Have you ever wondered what a career in real estate is all about? My 30 Days to Success workbook will teach you what an agent should do from their first day in business through their first 30 days. Everything from finding clients to setting up appointments to deciding what office to join and which type of real estate is good for you, be it residential or be it commercial. 30 Days to Success is a training manual for new people. If you are needing additional training in real estate sales, if your company training program is maybe needing improvement, purchase 30 Days to Success for $79, which includes the link to online training as well as the comprehensive 30 Days to Success workbook. Santa Maria, CEO, Champion School of Real Estate, the nation's leader in real estate education. Our goal is to jumpstart your career, boost your career to the next level, give you insight into what a career as an entrepreneur in real estate is all about. Real estate is the career of top producers, and we are always finding the creme de la creme or best in the business who openly share their steps to success. And they are always champions. All of our inspectors out there, you're in for such a treat because he's going to give you information that will help you protect yourself like right now if you're going into the business and if you're in the business you're going to get some really key ideas and literally task activities that you need to do to protect yourself for agents it is so beneficial because it's going to help you learn what to say and not say because you're going to have a better idea of the role of the inspector so let me tell you about my friend sitting next to me, Jeff Benny. He is a longtime 19-year attorney with Gant, Cohen, Benny, and Kid, and they are a wonderful group that is in the north part of Houston. But I know that Jeff, personally, you absolutely represent people all over the United States. Correct. That's right. And his background is so very interesting in that he graduated from West Point, and then he was a special agent in the FBI. And then in 1996, he went to law school at South Texas College of Law. And just let's jump right in, Jeff, because I'm so curious Special agent, FBI, West Point, and then you go to law school. How did that happen? How did I end up here? Uh, yes. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me today, uh, Rita. It's, it's my it's pleasure. A, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's uh, it's always a pleasure to have a, a platform to talk about home inspectors. Um, it's um, you know I've had a, a couple of opportunities, but to to be able to reach 
the folks that you um, that you can reach. It's it's really it's uh, a win a win. It absolutely is. Yes. So uh, how did I how did I get here? Um, I graduated from West Point, served my uh, my time in the uh, in the army. After that, always knew that I wanted to be an FBI agent. That was my goal when I was a kid. My father was an FBI agent. My brother was an FBI agent, and so that's really. That's oh, what I wanted to do. Family career. Right. Um, and uh, and I so I, I got into the FBI and I was um, transferred to Houston. That's how I came to the city and supposed to be here for five or six years and then shipped out somewhere else. And I, I decided that I wanted to go to law school for the sole reason to be a better FBI agent. I had zero desire to practice law. I almost didn't even take the bar exam. My father said, you know, take it. You're never going to know more about the the law than you do right then. So I reluctantly said, okay. Uh, and even after I graduated and passed the bar, I had a couple of years left in the FBI where I was just, you know, trucking right along. That was what I was going to do. And then uh, an opportunity popped up to, to go practice in the civil world. And um, my wife and I talked about it a little bit and figured, what the heck, let's go give it a shot. And here I am 20 years later. Now, you were still an FBI agent while you were going to school at night. That's right. right. Yes. Much harder on my wife I than mean, it was on me. <laughs> we had two little have, ones. Right. You have some sons, <laughs> right. I know, at home. But what an amazing FBI agent that you just wanted to be a better person. And so you went to law school. Well, in That's the, pretty impressive. Yeah. In the federal system, uh, the FBI agents sit second chair, basically, at trial, um, whereas in the state system... The police officers, they investigate and turn it over. We were involved the whole way. And so I found myself sitting there in trials and just kind of trying to figure out what was going on and, and um, realizing kind of how all the puzzles and pieces fit together. And mm -hmm. it was fascinating to me. And um, so, yeah, that's what I that's what I that's why I went to law school. And so then I find out that this family friend has a niche or niche, whichever way you want to say it, for home inspectors. So how did that come about that you decided to have that specialty? So I was practicing for about 10 years, um, all general civil litigation. Uh, uh, it's easier to say what I don't do than what I do. I, I don't work on criminal law or family law or, um, you know, transactional sorts of things breach of contract, a lot of commercial disputes, construction litigation. And I did some some uh, residential uh, litigation. And then about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, it's hard to remember exactly, I was approached by uh, a home inspector who needed um, legal counsel and their insurance company wasn't picking it up. I don't, I don't really remember why. And he asked me if I wanted to do it and I did it. And I, and I thought it was, um, it was really enjoyable to work for, for him uh, under the circumstances. And then he said, do you want to do more of this work? And he put me on with his insurance carrier. And um, that was one insurance carrier 15 years ago. And I, I counted yesterday and now I work for 10. Wow. Um, I've got 20 open litigation cases with home inspectors as we speak. Uh, I do a fair amount of what we call uh, pre-claim diversion, right? So now what is that? So uh, you can tell when things are starting to go sideways, right? The, the homeowner, mm -hmm. the, the client is, is... They're calling you. They're, they're calling annoying. you. They're texting, hey, I found this. This isn't right. What's going on? Um, and we can talk a little bit about what their um, understanding of the role of the home inspector is in a, in a bit. But, but generally speaking, 
they'll call me, whether they call me directly or they, they turn it over to their insurance company. And the insurance company calls me and says, hey, Jeff, take a look at this. Look at the report. Look at the inspection agreement. Look at the correspondence. And I'll draft the, often, mostly I'll draft the letter. And it's, it's basically an explanation letter to the, to the claimant, usually the client. And it says, this is what I think you're, you're complaining about with this inspector. Here's, here's why I think, you know, you're, you're not seeing everything correctly. Here's and, what I think you don't have anything to complain about. Right. About what you're Pretty writing. much. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had a, we've had a, a, a really good success rate. Uh, we're, we've had, I think maybe two or three cases that end up having to be um, referred to out of state counsel for litigation purposes where, where the person just says, you know what, I don't believe you. I'm going to, I'm going to fall suit. Um, and, but for the vast majority of cases, it, it just goes away. You know, so many of the real estate transactions that happen <clears throat> when you have, or any transaction, when you have that unhappy client getting a letter from an attorney on that letterhead that spells out everything kind of stops it right there. Sure. And your success rate is excellent. So then uh, you enjoyed working on that with this gentleman, and then you just thought, hmm, so maybe what, there are others. Yeah, so what I found was, um, as I started to get a few, I really enjoyed, you know, these are these are hardworking folks. They're, they're, they're blue-collar folks. They just want to go out and do, do their job, inspect the home. They all have a, um, a history of, you know, construction or, or handyman type of a background and they don't have any litigation experience and they don't, they're, they're just not, not involved in the world that I'm right. involved in. And so they're, they're scared. They're, they're concerned about their, their assets and their license and their insurance coverage and all these things. And, um, and I just enjoyed helping them. I just, I really did. It was, um, doesn't surprise me. You're that kind of guy. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I got a lot out of it. And, you know, that goes back to, to why I wanted to be an FBI agent and, and be an attorney. I just enjoyed helping people. Right. So, <clears throat> so it's, it's, it was that. And there, there's a lot of other cases that I worked on where I don't get that satisfaction. There are so <laughs> few attorneys that specialize on the inspection side. And when I realized that's what you did, I'm like, oh my gosh, you must visit Trek from time to time. You must talk to them from time to time. You probably know a lot of my customers. And um, it just seemed like the perfect opportunity to say, come in and please, please, please help our wonderful people, both real estate agents and inspectors, to maybe keep litigation from happening. But if you are going to have to go down that path, you know, be with a really nice man that knows what he's doing, that has that track record. So let me ask you this. Let's say I'm a brand new inspector and I know that you highly recommend the inspector agreement. If you would tell us, what is the inspector agreement? And when should it be signed and what does it do for the inspector? So sure. take that. Yes. Um, I, as you know, I'm very, I'm very passionate about the home inspection uh -huh. agreement. Uh, first, to keep yourself out of trouble and, you know, your, your folks are doing this, right? They're, they're, they're getting the training that they need and they're doing the best they can. 
Um, and that's going to keep you out of trouble 99 times out of 100. But today's world, um, I mean, everybody knows this. It's just more litigious, right? And so you get a homeowner who becomes dissatisfied, you know, they, they buyer's remorse, whatever. Uh, and maybe there is something substantive that they're, that they're angry about. Um, the realtors are going to get sued. The home inspector is going to get sued. The prior owner and the sellers are going to get sued. Now, is it the homeowners saying, gosh, why are you so upset about this? We disclosed it and or our roof is actually in good shape. Is Are they more annoyed with the inspector or the agent or what? So it's, you know, each case is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes when that homeowner that's that is disgruntled gets an attorney that attorney there's no attorneys out there that specialize in suing realtors and home inspectors so most of the time us on the other side Mm -hmm. the folks that do represent realtors and inspectors are kind of educating them the 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 lawyers on how this is going to go but what they typically do is just sue everybody right and Mm so um, even if the complaint is against the inspector, they may sue one of the realtors, one or both. If the complaint is against one or both of the realtors, they'll sue the inspector. And that's because the lawyer is just trying to rope everybody in and we'll let the chips fall exactly. you know, out after. Get as many people in as we can. Right. Um, so for that one out of 100 times when you when you do a great job and, and um, you shouldn't be sued, but you find yourself in litigation, uh, the home inspection agreement and i'm speaking specifically towards home inspectors now that's it's critical it's absolutely critical it is a it's a get out of jail free card almost if you if you have a good one Mm -hmm. you can you can protect yourself um to the point where you you basically make the other side just dismiss you from the case um it is critical it's not dispositive it's not a hundred percent to get it signed, but it sure does make my life easier when it's signed. The vast majority of them now are signed electronically. These uh, home inspectors have gotten very computer savvy. They have these software um, sort of case management software mm-hmm. and the home inspector, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the client will go online, um, sign the contract, pay the fee, and then um, that'll send an email to the home inspector, he goes out and does his thing. The report is sent electronic. Everything's electronic, and there's a track record of you know I can go back and look and see exactly who it was, happened. who signed it, and when they signed it. And oftentimes the the client won't even remember that they signed one. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I'm giving that to the lawyer. Hey, FYI, your client signed this. Mm-hmm. So um, it is imperative to get it done early. And when you say it's imperative to have it signed early, what? I know you're saying is don't have it signed at the very end after the inspection and you're handing the report over. Correct. And oh, by the way, here's an agreement between us. That's right. too late. It is too late. It, it is. Uh, it, I can make an argument that those the provisions in there apply, but it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Because the court wants to know really what was the agreement. And, and if those all those clauses didn't even get negotiated, they weren't even brought up until much later, it's going to be hard for the court to enforce them. The court's going to say, yeah, you agreed to do a track inspection and he agreed to pay you. That was the bargain, right? And all that other stuff is superfluous. And it's true. Um, But, you know, even then, I'd rather have one signed later than one unsigned. Often, not often anymore. It used to be the case that I'd get um, 
that the inspector would hand them a copy of the report with a copy of the inspection agreement, mm -hmm. and it was never signed. Shoot. And <laughs> I'm not, you know, there's not much I can do with that. No. So <laughs> it's it's critical. Well, on a very similar uh, comparison, love my commercial broker agents on the real estate side, but they are just so consistently handing the IABS form over, sending it over when they're now ready for the tenant or the client to sign the contract. And Trek always says, absolutely not, that's too late. They've already been in a fiduciary relationship. All of the obligations have already been done. Get the IABS form signed in advance that says, here's what I'm doing for you and here's what I'm not doing for you. And then go forward. So very similar. very similar. Get that agreement done on the front end. But if nothing else, at least have one. Correct. That's what you're saying. That's exactly right. Can you give us a little insight, especially our new people and our new inspectors that are right now in class? What are just some of the points that are in that inspector agreement? The Probably the most important clause to have in an inspection agreement is the limitation of liability clause. Okay. And um, that is, uh, it, it's just a clause in there that says, basically, even if, even if I, even if I am negligent, the, the limitation of the damages that you can collect from me are X, normally the amount of the inspection fee, $500, $800. And those are binding. Um, the, the courts in Texas have looked at these specific relationships between uh, prospective homeowners and, and inspectors and said, yeah, those are, those are enforceable. And, the, and there's a whole public policy argument that goes into why, because if you're on the homeowner side, you can think that that's very unfair, right? Let's assume your home inspector missed something and it was substantial damage, $50,000 worth of foundation repairs. If he's limited to $500, that's that's tough on, I can see the homeowners being very sure. upset about that. But the reasoning behind it that the courts have looked at is because if they don't allow for a limitation of liability clause and these home inspectors are liable for everything, then they're going to have to start charging more right and 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 we're um, not going to have any and then no one's going to want to do it right. and poof there you go the whole process is exactly. gone that's a short circuit version of the story but that's kind mm -hmm. of why they said uh yeah we're, we're and they do it's they're not the only industry that allows it right i mean um alarm inspection companies smoke detector companies things like that are for the same reasons if we're going to be on the hook for 100 percent of the damages then we're going to let you do you also represent them those companies? Um, I don't. I have not. Um, I've been in litigation where those companies have been involved, um, but doing the research mm -hmm. on um, the enforceability of those clauses for mm -hmm. home inspectors, I've run across those cases as well. I am going to tell you 100% just what you said right then, Jeff, where in the agreement, that inspector is limited to whatever is filled in on that is such a home run that every inspector should certainly have that agreement. Absolutely. And that allows them to sleep at night knowing that the courts have supported them with that. 
and just definitely inspectors have that agreement. Agents ask the inspectors, do you have your inspection agreement? Which, of course, is outside the report itself. Correct. That's correct. So going back to inspectors and getting sued, are there any key areas where you see lawsuits tend to be over and over again? So the actual, as far as um, areas of the home that I see are litigated frequently, it's, um, I would say it's most often water penetration. Okay. And that can come from, uh, well, anywhere, right? I mean, it can come from groundwater, it can come from plumbing, um, roof issues, window issues. Um, that, that, I would say water penetration is the number one. You missed something. Uh, and and now I'm finding this water damage that's obviously been ongoing, mm-hmm. uh, and you should have found it. The second most common one, and this is probably um, f- because I do the vast majority of the work in around the Gulf Coast area, is foundation problems. Okay. Right? You you should have seen that these doors don't shut and these windows don't close, and there's a crack here and a crack there. And you should have connected the dots and said mm-hmm. that's a foundation issue. Those are the specific problems that homeowners have. But as far as um, just things that happen that cause litigation later, it's, I see this a lot. The the inspector will have a great report, right? Everything will be in the report Mm -hmm. and the recommendations to hire a roofer. And we have the property condition addendum before that. Right. Where the homeowner had to say, yes, there's water penetration or not. Right. So say say he's got a great report, and then uh-huh. he goes to the to the uh, client and he says, "Here's my report," and they say, "Well, what's what should I worry about?" And oh, it's you know, it's great. You know, it's a great house. I'd buy it. And then something bad happens, and even though they're very well protected, they've said what they need to say in the report. Those comments um, become front and center in litigation. It's and then it becomes hard for me to get them. I am out. so smiling. Because that statement, <laughs> I would buy it, comes out of every third inspector's mouth. Oh, yeah. that's. I wish I could just abolish that phrase from yes. their vocabulary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> don't do it. Don't yeah. say it. Yeah. Just don't get in that business. You know, it's um, I just rely on the report. Everything is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, go through it with them. If you have an opportunity to do so and you have a client that's inclined to listen, Um but do you yeah. feel it's better for the buyers to be with the inspector during the inspection? Some buyers absolutely insist that they be there. But do That's a really good question. What's the best um, recommendation? There are some sellers that insist that they're mm. present when the inspector is there. Right, right. And um, and there's there's home inspectors that want their clients there. And there's home inspectors that just get out Let of my way. My I'll do my job mm-hmm. and I'll give you the report. So mm-hmm. I suppose it's a combination uh, of the personalities. I don't think you can answer that any specific way. Um, mm-hmm. If you feel like you've got a good communication line of communication with the client, then maybe, yeah, maybe you have them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ask that because a lot of our new agents that are watching today, they're really wondering, well, does the buyer go with the inspector on the inspection? And truly, it's up to your client. 
if you have a client, as you said, that is, I'm going to say, analytical, maybe Mr. Handyman, he wants to be right there to see everything. But as we know, kind of holds the inspector back. And yet there are some inspectors that say, that really helps reduce my liability because he, she, they were there right when I showed them the situation. Right. right. Yeah, we talked about this. But really there's yeah. no definite. Definite. I don't think so. It's not definitive. No, I don't think so. It's the it's whatever works best for that inspector and that particular client. So water penetration number one, foundation and foundation number mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. Is there a number three, four, five? Three, I would say probably uh, air conditioning, HVAC, heating, cooling units, okay. um, and generally that's just a function of. You know, the inspection took place in March and mm -hmm. they move in and, you know, the mm -hmm. summer comes and it's not cooling as much as they thought it would. And, right. um, you know, the inspector's duties are, are limited in what they can do mm -hmm. with, with inspecting. I mean, they're not air conditioning repairmen, right? So um, that is a big one. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I see most often. Water penetration plumbing, um, electrical, how do you not too recommend, much. I'm sorry, but how do you recommend that an inspector deal with a roof? What would you say to the inspector, don't ever say, and what might be a phrase that would be good when they look at the roof, but they are not a certified roofer? Well, that should be in their agreement. That should be in the report, right? That they're not a certified anything really other than an inspector. Um, and, but the, but the client's not going to see that, right? They're seeing this new house you're an inspector. and you, yeah, your yeah. job. You and we can everything. talk about this. This is uh, if I've had a, you know, how many times I've sat in a deposition of a, of a plaintiff, of a, of a former client uh -huh. now suing the home inspector. And I asked this question, what did you think the role was for this home inspector? I don't know that I've ever had a different answer than I thought he was supposed to tell me everything that was wrong with the house. Yes. Everything. Yes. Whether you can see it or not. <laughs> um, tell our inspectors and our agents what's wrong with that. Well, it's just not it. It's just, that's just not the role and the, and the track rules, um, the standard, um, the SOP is the Trek SOP is very clear that um, they're supposed to find defects that you can see. It's a visual only inspection. They can't. I mean, there's some some equipment that some of them use, right? Some some moisture breathing equipment and things like that. But um, you can't move things, right? It's not even their house. It's not it's not their client's house. It's somebody else's house. You can't. You see a. Um, some wood that looks like it might be damaged, you can't stick your finger in it and break it, right? I mean, it's it's not your home. They can't do that. So all of that should be in their agreement and their report, the limitations. Um, but as far as roof goes, and really this is with everything, with digital photographs nowadays, mm -hmm. take a lot of pictures um, and keep those pictures. For I mean, digital storage is cheap. Right, get a bigger hard drive. Keep those things for a long time, and by long time, I mean five years or so. Have you seen many inspectors that are using drones? I have. To, I've started to see that more and more, and I think that's great. 
I really do. Uh, because before that, it was, it was uh, it, well, it still is in the inspector's judgment whether it's safe to go up on that roof or not. And that right. depends on the pitch of the roof, the weather conditions, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, but more often than not, I see them just saying, hey, this roof was, was viewed from the ground using binoculars, that sort of thing. But I've started to see drone footage and and i think that's great i mean they're trying to do the right thing exactly by the um a lot of clients. agents are really requiring it from their inspector yeah i think they especially want them to do it where mainly the pictures of the roof mm -hmm. and, and the drone footage is it's phenomenal i mean what you can see I mean, it's very detailed and um, maybe not so much what you're seeing on your phone or your screen or whatever as you're doing it but when you get back and you're drafting report look at that on a big screen and see because you'll be able to see some things that you may not otherwise how do you feel about this about the idea of a pre-inspection sellers getting ready to sell their home they bring the inspector in to do that what are your thoughts on that or has it not ever affected anything it's really not something that i've gotten involved with very much at all honestly mm -hmm. I've, i don't think i've ever had a case Certainly nothing in litigation where the client who was suing them was mm -hmm. the was the homeowner themselves. Um, I you know just from a from a homeowner you know perspective, I think it's probably not a bad idea. I mean, yeah. um, I have agents really like it; they recommend it so that you get the house looking better. Right, you know, just basic things. Right. Um, AC filters, clean, that kind of thing, just so it looks good. Right. If you've been out of business for a while and need to understand etiquette in the workplace, or you want to know how to better manage your time, then you need business etiquette. You're on a lunch date with a customer and you want to feel confident about dining etiquette and introducing your clients correctly to others. You also need business etiquette. This course also teaches you how to public speak, how to set your lifetime and daily goals. If you're in sales, this course and class is a must. We sometimes believe times have changed to casual, but casual does not mean non-professional. Our Champion School of Real Estate Etiquette course fills up quickly for people from all walks of life. The loud voices of body language, the slam dunk preparation for the job interview, the powerful first impressions you want to make with your clients, all of these are part of this must-take two-day course. It's through Champion School of Real Estate's virtual campus, so you can enjoy the course from home. The best $145 you can spend to get you prepared for your new career. perceive the homeowner's idea of what the inspector is supposed to do or not do. Do you think they have a good, clear picture? No, I don't think they have any different picture than, than, than anybody else in the process, really. <laughs> um, and there are 
I, I think that the home inspector should say, this report is for my client and my client only, right? And if you decide to share this with anyone else, then there's a whole nother part of the clause called an indemnification provision, right? Because if you're gonna share, if my client, prospective homeowner. You're hitting a really hot spot right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna so, give you my opinion. <laughs> students, listen up. This is a huge hot spot that's going to affect you. So yeah. go ahead with that inspection report. Okay. So report. who does it belong to? So that inspection report belongs to to the to the prospective home buyer and them they're only. They're paying for it. And they're paying for it. It's theirs. Mm -hmm. If they receive a report from their home inspector that gives them pause or more than that. This is enough for me not to move forward with that home. Exactly. My advice to those people, and I guess to your realtor clients out mm -hmm. there, would be to say, thank you very much. We're going to look elsewhere. I don't really see a need <laughs> to provide that report to the sellers. That puts, that just opens up a can of worms. It does. It truly does. Yeah. And um, so I, what I tell my home inspectors is to uh, put an indemnification provision in there so that if they, if that client does share it and, and I've defended home inspectors from lawsuits by the sellers. That's where I was going. Yes. Not often, but it happens. Uh -huh. You screwed up on this and I lost this sale. And I lost the sale. Right. And so um, in that instance, that home owner should be the one who's paying for this litigation because I told you not to share it with anybody exactly. and you decided not to listen. Exactly. So. so I'm going to just restate that to make sure everybody listens loud and clear. It is such a bone of contention, so to speak. Inspector is paid by their client, the buyer. That report belongs to that buyer. So another, and it falls apart. Another agent is enthused, her buyer's enthused about this house and says, can I, says to the seller and or says to the other agent that had that buyer, can I see that inspection report? No, you may not. It does not belong to you. It's that simple. That simple. <laughs> it should be. No, you may not. It should be. And there are times where, as you know, some inspectors just go a little too far and just scare the buyer to death. And that's, that's right. where I was thinking you might get a couple of lawsuits from those sellers going, this house has been here for 40 years and it's been fine. Right. But you really scared that client off. Right. If that happens and the owners end up suing the home inspector, they get the report uh, somehow and they sue the inspector. I there's this gets sort of legal technical but there's no duties between those parties and so i can get right. them removed from okay. the lawsuit that is very interesting pretty depends on the judge that. but um, but i can get the, in fact i think that's how i, I yeah. that was the first case i ever had that was i got him removed from a from a seller uh, lawsuit um but doesn't mean they can't sue him sure right anybody can sue anybody for anything really but he really so. wasn't a part of that right situation transaction right what are of course our inspectors would never do anything like that <laughs> <laughs> they're well trained at champion they're well trained <laughs> but um what are some things you've seen in inspection reports 
written by the inspector that maybe should never have been there. Anything come to mind? No, I really can't think of anything that's written that shouldn't be there. My, I always err on the side of more information, the better. Um, the, the, the issues are, and I just talked to a home inspector about this yesterday. I saw it, but for whatever reason, I decided not to say anything about it. And oh. even if it's kind of appears like it's a minor issue, uh -huh. um, just put it down. And there's yeah. no reason not to, other than maybe just time or, or mm -hmm. just not being diligent enough. Mm -hmm. But there's really nothing that people are putting in their reports. We talked about mm -hmm. saying things that you shouldn't exactly. say. But putting things in reports, I'm trying to think of anything at all. And I just, I really don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is the converse. It's just not putting things in. We're not taking enough photographs. Um, and, and photographs, you don't necessarily have to take photographs of just bad stuff. Mm -hmm. If the roof looks great, photograph it because that's your, that's your evidence that nothing was going on. Exactly. Goes right? down the road. Yeah. That may be the issue. If I was, if I was doing a home inspection, I would photograph the walls and ceilings of every room, even if they all looked great, because, mm -hmm. you know, when that water stain appears six months later and they try to tell you that you should have seen that, well, if, I have the picture. Wasn't there when wasn't I was there. there. So excellent, excellent statement. Like I because said, because what we tend to do is take pictures of what we're concerned about. Right. Yeah. And like I said, digital photographs, digital storage is cheap. Mm -hmm. Take you can't have too many pictures in my. Just keep opinion. taking them yeah. and save them because I have had occasions when I've asked and they said, "Yeah, I, I take a lot," and I said, "Well, send me everything, not mm -hmm. just the pictures that are in the report." And I'll get, well, I deleted those after, you know, six months or whatever. There's just no reason to delete them. So take me, if you would, from beginning to end. Let's say I'm an inspector. I just got a letter from my buyer client that I'm being sued. What would be your process with me from beginning to end? So let's take that even back a little further okay. and, and talk about the rumblings of a potential issue okay. um, because they all start like that. Well, okay. they don't all. Sometimes two years go by and they get hit with a lawsuit. Okay. There's no. Are we going to role play this? <laughs> we haven't so, practiced this, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so the very first thing uh -huh. that a home inspector should do if they just their the hair on the back of their neck stands up this the client has now gone from a friendly thing to an antagonistic relationship um, can i tell you the first thing i would do if i were an inspector i would not text i would not email and tell me if i'm wrong but i would pick up the phone and just apologize well for whatever grief you are feeling or you're not happy. Right. Let's talk about it. Right. I, I think yes that's or no. absolutely. We're still humans, right? It is a litigious yes. community and it's getting more so, yes. but we are human. And, yes. and oftentimes having somebody listen to you and empathize with you and not apologize that I did anything wrong. Yeah, yet, but right? whatever really is know upsetting that. you, I'm yeah. sorry. Right. Um, and and then at, during that conversation, remind them if it's appropriate. It is a visual only inspection. Uh, I, I don't didn't see any evidence of that when I was there. 
absolutely verbal communication at the outset is is very important if it's possible sometimes they're just really mad and, and they're not going to pick not up the phone, pick up the phone and, mm -hmm. and then you go to step two which is mm -hmm. to notify your insurance carrier everybody should have an insurance carrier now i would say that's when you're a brand new home inspector i would say incorporate mm -hmm. have an attorney draw up some paperwork so that you're incorporated that's a good point you're incorporated that helps with your potential liability protects yourself Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing is to make to to get insurance, which you have to have nowadays in Texas. But um, make sure it's correct. I've had cases where the agent, the insurance agent, didn't give them the right coverage, right? Or they just didn't keep up with their payments. Okay. Right? You don't want to be in a major lawsuit without coverage. It becomes you very expensive. You forgot to make your payment the right. last whatever. Right. So simple stuff, but but do that. So if you have an insurance carrier, which you should have. Um, I would say at that point, give them a shout. Unless they want to call me or somebody like me. I offer this service to all my, every home inspector that I've ever worked for. I add their email address and I have a, a list. Well, that would be the first thing I would do. I would call Jeff Benny and say, tell me what I need to do. Right. If you don't, if you don't, well, I, all of you know me now and I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the I'm giving you the time. permission to call me, email me, whatever you want to do. Let's talk. I'm not going to charge anybody for a five or ten minute phone call, or even I talked to a, a home inspector yesterday for thirty minutes about an ordeal. I'm not going to charge people for that. That's unheard of. It's just um, there's a point when it but becomes nice necessary yes. to to do that. <laughs> but if I can kind of point you in the right direction, uh -huh. I'm going to help you do that. Um, I'm going to. This is an offer I make to every home inspector. I will, re I will review your contract for free. Send it to me. I'll make the recommendations to you. Send it back. You fix it and you use that one for free wow. to any home inspector. It's that important. You're talking your inspector agreement. Correct. Okay. How did they get in touch with you? Because that's huge. So I can give you phone numbers, oh, email address. Email. So, okay, my, email. my email is uh, jeff.binney at gkbklaw.com. That's G-E-O-F-F dot B-I-N-N-E-Y at gkb, as in boy, klaw.com. And we should now have it on the screen so that our students can see that because okay. that is an amazing gift. Thank you. Well, you know, I mean, it's... it. it I, I should, it's definitely something I want to do. I want to help them, but it is it doing things like that have, it's created the work that I have now. Sure. Right. I mean, be, exactly. being, being, you're giving back. And because of that kindness, if there is a problem down the road and if I'm sued, gee, he looked at my agreement for free. So now I have a problem and please don't misunderstand inspectors and students. We're not saying you're going to have a problem, but if you do, then yes, get professional advice. Right. So if you, if you, now that you know me, you can call me and, and that makes calling your insurance carrier step three and, and calling okay. me is step two. Um, I will do this. We can do the same kind of pre-claim diversion process. I'll look at the report, the agreement, the correspondence send a letter that's something that's going to be billed but mm -hmm. the, the you know the initial conversations wouldn't be 
Um, but oftentimes, you know, paying me, you know, four or $500 to, to do all that and write a letter is going to save you from your insurance rates going up. Right. And then, and then if, if that doesn't work and they end up filing a, a lawsuit that gets turned over to the insurance carrier and you know, you haven't, you haven't lost anything uh, by following those steps. Really, really good information. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a process that we've just kind of created out of necessity now, over the years. at what point does possibly Trek get involved with the inspector? So that really depends on the complainant. It's all in their hands. Uh, there's certainly no duty on my part right. or the the inspector's part to turn themselves in because somebody made a claim, obviously, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I would say less than... 15% of the cases that I see have a corresponding track complaint track going at the same time. Because generally it's just separate. It is definitely it is separate. separate. Yep. Sometimes you have complainants that are um, a little bit more savvy about the complaint process and not, not just with home inspectors, but just making formal complaints to on a, a doctor or whatever. They've been through that yeah. process before. They know you can complain to a licensing mm-hmm. agency. So when you get them, they um, they tend to think that if I can get a negative finding from TREC, mm-hmm. well, I've got you in this lawsuit. It doesn't work like that at all. Good point. So I will, um, the, the insurance companies, I think all of them have all allowed me, paid me to fight the TREC complaint at the same time, I'm fighting the lawsuit. And so. And that's the point I wanted you to make as well is yes, you can do both. Right. And you can do them at the same time if necessary. Right. If necessary, but generally Correct. they don't. Generally not. Connect. Yeah. Gener- generally, I don't see the complaints mm-hmm. that often. And um, trucks backed up, right? I mean, there mm-hmm. takes them about five or six months to get through a, a complaint. It takes a while. And, um, and we tell our real estate agents, people always have, people being the general public, always have the opportunity to send a complaint to Trek. Must be in writing. But don't instantly let that ruin your life. Because, as you just said, there are just some people that instantly write letters, write letters, write letters. And then the field officer on the real estate side will get in touch with you at your office and give you the opportunity to explain. Right. And very often it stops right there. But Trek has the obligation to follow up. And yet I want to say on the inspector side, it's not as similar on the as it is on the real estate where it's Trek first. It, it's so different so different trek mm-hmm. often does not get involved with that my experience process. with trek compliance with home inspectors is that trek is very reasonable mm-hmm. they they do take the time they to do. listen uh, they will allow you to have an attorney respond for absolutely. you absolutely they want you They'll to look at everything you send them mm-hmm. um it's this not as the type of a thing where you know their, their minds certainly aren't made up no. ahead of time no uh, and then their decisions are pretty reasonable. I feel like they've reprimanded the folks that probably needed a slap on the wrist and and found you know no basis for a complaint for the ones that didn't. So I forty think pretty years I've it. worked with Track, and the legal side of Track, they definitely are right by the letter of the law. 
and they do allow everyone to have their representative, their legal representative. They do listen. They also understand there are people that are just litigious. So right. That's, that's unfortunately the world we're in. Right. So is there any one last statement that you would like to give to our inspectors or something that you want to emphasize that is like most important to help them stay out of trouble? Nothing we haven't talked about already, okay. but I do think that getting a signed agreement that has um, at a mem minimum a limitation of liability clause is, is that important. It's worth emphasizing again. I wanted you to restate that. <laughs> it's that important. <laughs> and I also wanted to be able to springboard again that you've offered to look at their agreement and just look at it as a gratuitous type thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, a, there are a number of home inspection companies, uh, larger companies, several inspectors, and um, I've, I've run across them and I've initiated, we've initiated a relationship with one another. They, they know to call me with, with any sort of complaint. It's the individual inspectors out there that, that may not know about me until they see something like sure. this, or maybe they get sued and I, and I introduce myself. Now, I've been talking about TREC, which is the Texas Real Estate Commission, but I also know that you, Jeff, you represent inspectors all over the world and all over, certainly all over the USA. There are many states that still don't even require licensing to be an inspector. Right. Obviously, uh, Texas does. We have for a long time. It's quite a few hours. Um, but I know you represent inspectors everywhere. So if you're listening to our podcast, Real Estate Superstars Today is our podcast. So you're a superstar. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> and um, that goes all over the world. So if you're an inspector in another state and have a problem, Gant, Cohen, Benny, and Kid. And you're located in the Woodlands, Texas. Correct. Yes, ma'am. We have Dallas office as well, but I'm here. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Good. And we have put your email on the screen. But again, for our podcast, can you tell us your personal email again? If somebody sure. wants to connect with Absolutely. Jeff Benny. It's G-E-O-F-F dot B-I-N-N-E-Y at G-K-B-K-Law.com. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It has been very, very informative. I know you have honestly helped a number of potential lawsuits not to happen because of what you expressed today. I know for our real estate licensees, it's also extremely important to understand the role of the inspector. Absolutely. So thank you, Jeff. Benny. Thank you for having me. Great having you. Thank you very much. Do you want to know what successful people in real estate do every day? Learn the how, the why, the what of their daily success by tuning in to our Champion School of Real Estate podcast every week. Every Wednesday, we will add new insights to elevate your entrepreneurship and help you make new breakthroughs in your business. You can do it. We can help at Champion School of Real Estate Weekly Podcast.